Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And here we are for another episode of our Seventh Heaven podcast. Yes, um, this episode of Seventh, well, this is season two, episode eight of Seventh Heaven. The title is Do Something, and in Germany, it the title is The Family Does Business? No, a family, oh. a family makes business. Oh, excuse me. Okay, in Germany, it's A Family Makes Business, which I guess in this case is a little bit more of an appropriate title. I don't know. As you'll very quickly learn, it is definitely a better title than Do Something. <laughs> because nothing is done in this episode. So the IMDb summary storyline um, actually reads more like a user review this week um, because a lot of things that don't happen in the episode are said in the storyline. So I'll just get into it. Um, okay, it's a terminally, terminally sick preteen Steve suffers because his overprotective parents keep him constantly in hospital under permanent supervision. Matt gets the job, despite objections from Eric, and gives their wiser elders a courageous demonstration in true altruist responsibility. Simon is selling sweets to save up for favorite comics magazine's action figure tick. That's a lie. <laughs> He's Sub- not selling sweets. <laughs> Subcontra- subcontracting to Ruthie yields remarkable results comparable to the Bank of Simon's excellence. Bakery company chief David Friel wants to com- commercialize Annie's family muffin recipe. The girls push her to accept as a feminist self-evidence, only to share in the bitter experience of self-inflicted job household overload. I'm there's, sorry I couldn't speak during that. <laughs> and there's a lot wrong with that. Yeah. Um, Which you'll so learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to the rest of it um, in time. And I guess... We ha- I'll give you an actual review um, from TV.com. Um, the title of this review is, This Wasn't Good Episode. Annie Showed Us Her Crazy Me. That's what I think is the funny thing with her. Matt really acts mature in this episode. Watch and enjoy. Um, and the review goes, Annie goes into the muffins business, but gets herself a little surprised when she finds out how many muffins she has to make. Matt takes care of a dying boy, but takes him out for, for to play baseball without the boy's parents' permission. Mary and Lucy think that Annie don't have a real job and needs to get out in the world. Simon has to sell 40 greeting cards to get the tick doll. Ruthie and Annie share some important business information about profits. Ruthie buys all the greeting cards from Simon and sell all of them for a higher price and use the profits to buy Simon the tick doll. Mary and Lucy finally realize that being a stay-at-home mom raising five kids and a reverend's wife is a real job that is just as hard as any other job, if not harder, and it definitely takes more time. Definitely is spelled not at all like definitely. Um, And the last part of the review is, and and at last, Annie quits the job and forgive Eric for when she, though, was forcing her into taking the job. So there you have it. A family makes business. Thank you, Germany. Um... So, I guess we're going to get into it. Well, uh, my first impression. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah. Um, it, I had just two things to say. Um, I've not, I think I've said this quite a lot in uh, previous podcasts uh, where their storyline, where Matt has his own storyline. I really don't like the Reverend's treatment of Matt. Um, I feel like he's constantly unfair to Matt, and I'm always feeling sorry for uh him he's always like put in this role where like everybody assumes he's done something wrong or is about to do something wrong um so yeah and uh the other 
thing I had to say was I've never felt any type of way towards Annie Camden. Um, she's really just been there. Really? <laughs> she's just, you, you were like, oh, she sometimes acts like a child. Well, yeah, but, like, I've just... That, that, it's like a neutral feeling. Yeah. She's it's an, just an observation. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, she does act like a child, but she's never, like, made any impact on me whatsoever. And I actually really liked her this episode. Um, maybe it was, you know, my, my little my little feminist heart <laughs> was was a little bit upset at uh, Mary and Lucy. Uh, so I was taking Annie's side. We're both the worst in yes. this episode. Uh, I'm, Mary's spending too much time with Lucy. needs to get the fuck away from her. Yeah, she needs to get back with Wilson or something. Get away from Lucy. Um, get a friend. Get play a basketball. Dude, be better. Just be better. Um... <laughs> But yeah, that's that's all I got to say. I guess we can start talking about the show now. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna start with like Annie's storyline, which um, kind of gets. Th- all right, we'll do the cold open. Yeah, because that usually then, yeah, sets up all the storylines. Yeah, story it sets it up. Uh, so it opens on church. Everybody's coming out. Uh, the Rev is talking to some guy, and then he's like, "Oh, I need to tell Simon he can't solicit on church property." Um, and then he's talking to this guy, and the guy's like, you get the idea the guy's son is sick. And the, the the guy actually, I wrote down, he doesn't really seem to care that his son is dying. He's like, yeah, he's got about six months. Uh, we're keeping him in the hospital because insurance is paying. Uh, I just thought that was odd. Um, and then we get the inside. There was like a sign or something. They're having refreshments and treats after the service church. Um, and Annie has made muffins. And this man... David Friel, Friel, I think that's what they David Friel, the cookie man. The cookie man. They call him the cookie man. Uh, approaches her, and he's like, these muffins are exquisite. Uh, and he says something like, no, they're not. And I was like, they're probably definitely not. But this man thinks that they're God's gift to the world. And David Friel, the cookie man, owns bakeries or cookie shops or something of the sort. And suggests that, like... They go into business together. Yeah, on the spot, after eating one muffin. Um, and she says no, uh, immediately. She's like, no, I'm good, I already have a job, I, you know, um... I already have a job raising, raising five, five kids. kids. And we have, like, a couple of scenes where we first have Simon saying, oh, yeah, Mom needs a job. And then we have um, Mary and Lucy. Oh, you need, Pretty much in any scene that where we're talking about Annie in this episode, you need to imagine that Mary and Lucy are just lurking nearby. Yeah, because yep. that was kind of their entire assignment for this, like, episode. It was, like, when Annie had a scene, they were just kind of lurking to pop in and, like, make comments to each other or to her sometimes. So they were around. Yeah, so they were around when David Friel, the Cookie Man, was making this proposal. Um, And they were like, "Why aren't you doing it?" And she says that I'm too busy. And Lucy's like, "Too busy doing what?" Um, And that seems to irk Annie. Um, Oh, and one last thing, while uh, I I, I don't think you mentioned uh, because you mentioned lurking, and it just reminded me. Um, Oh yes. (laughs) So while so this kind of this is all still part of the cold open. When the Rev is talking to um, the man whose son is dying. Nell. We Nell. His name is Nell. The son is Steve. Steve's father, I'm just going to call him. Um, he's saying that him and his wife basically spend all of their time at their child's bedside, at Steve's bedside, and that they're looking to hire someone just to sit with him and keep him company um, for $20 a night. And while this whole conversation is going on, you just see Matt over their shoulders, like, lurking and eating a muffin. Um, so he's got an idea brewing, and then that's, that's the cold open, basically. 
Well, he um he pulls he pulls oh, yeah. he pulls the rev aside and he's like, "I'll take the job." And the rev's like, "No, absolutely not." And yeah, that's the cold open. Uh, so let's get into Annie's storyline, um, which really I guess it, it starts off with. Lucy and Mary on the couch, uh, reading a, reading two different newspapers, or have split a newspaper. No, they split the newspaper and they're trading sections. Um, and then Lucy, uh, I guess, finds the comic section and does. Oh God, she forgot how to act again. <laughs> because her fake laughing is, and it goes on for way too long. And then the Rev comes in and like asks her what she's reading or whatever, and she's like, oh, "That Andy Cap gets me every time." <laughs> no. <laughs> No, yeah, she totally forgot how to act again, which is fine because it was not really in this episode a whole lot, so that was a plus Just, in this otherwise awful episode. Um, so Lucy and Mary kind of get on the Rev's case, telling uh, the Rev that he needs to be a better husband. Like, Mom uh, doesn't think she can do the muffin business because you're not really like a, a help-around-the-house kind of guy, so you need to start doing stuff at home so she can feel... Like comfortable going to work or something. You need to validate her. She's like, she has a uh, fear of failure. Um, And I don't know, I guess like they end up being like earworms for the Rev because the Rev takes what these two teenage girls are saying about his wife seriously. Even though the Rev like immediately, it's like, I don't understand what you're talking about. Uh, She, you know, had all these different majors. She's really smart. (laughs) Wait, Um, he says that she has, he's like, she has a college degree and she majored in psychology and business and philosophy. (laughs) Right. And I was like, I don't think she got a degree in all of those though. (laughs) Um, As we learned in the episode with Rachel, she, those were all just different majors on the way back to getting her degree in biz- business, accounting. Account. Uh, <laughs> Annie has a degree, maybe in something. She's talented. Yes. Uh, As we learned in this episode with a montage, which we will <laughs> mention in a bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but um, they really some of them. Brenda Hampton had no idea what to do in this episode, and you could tell the way they killed time. Um. So I get. Yeah. So this is an earworm in the Rev's head, and uh, Rev ends up going, and they like. There's a conversation with um, Annie about. Maybe you should do the muffin thing. Like, I don't know. He says some things to basically offend Annie. And Annie's like, fine, I will. And now... I'm going to show you all. That I can do this. And he's like, I'll help her out if you need me to. And she's like, no, I'll do everything myself. Um, she actually, yeah, she like just stops talking to him. And she's like, I don't know what I did wrong. And <laughs> um, I think the next real big development in that storyline... Um, Oh. All, all I'm thinking about is the scene where they're like, you need to be an example for Ruthie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Annie says, Annie still hasn't made up her mind about whether she's going to do it or not, or I think she has made up her mind, but she realizes that the reason the Rev is saying all these things is because of, like, her daughters, and her daughters are still, still don't understand that they're completely wrong. So, yeah, he, she said, he, they, they're like, you know, um... Something about like you They say like oh you went wrong that you didn't You need yeah, you should have gone back to work after you had Matt and you need to be an example for Ruthie so that she knows that it, like women don't just need to stay in the house and do laundry and cook and clean and Annie's like you're still not getting it. <laughs> so but, but so she does it just because she's like okay, I don't want to do it but I want to prove to you that I could do it if I wanted to. Um so 
the next scene we really have is a meeting with the cookie man. They're, like, working out a contract. Um, but a horrible contract yeah. at that, where he's like, I'm going to buy the recipe from you. You get 30% of the profits, but he does own the space, so he has to pay the rent at, at the big shops. But isn't he only paying $1,000 for the recipe? Oh. I think he's just giving a flat fee of $1,000. Oh, yeah, that's crappy. She shouldn't have done that. Yeah, but she gets really happy about it. Yeah, well, I don't know. She's looking at it very... She's making, like, faces at the paper that he gives her. I think she, it's supposed to be, like, her thinking face. But oh. she just looks really, really confused. Um, or, like, upset. I don't know. There's then another scene of, like, Lucy and Mary um, eavesdropping and lurking, having a conversation with the Rev. Well, the Rev... Okay, during... While Annie is looking at the contract, the Rev comes downstairs and passes through the kitchen because this meeting is happening at their kitchen table. And he says goodbye to Annie because he's off to work. And then he opens the door to, like, where the dining room is, and Mary and Lucy are lurking behind the door, and he's like, oh, it's not polite to eavesdrop. And they're like, I can't believe you just, you know, walked through Mom's business meeting. And he's like, I don't understand. And they're like, I don't know. They're like, you need to respect her business meeting. Yeah, they're saying that their entire viewpoint is that Mom doesn't have this, like, the Annie doesn't have, like, the self-esteem to do this on her own. And the fact that he's hovering makes it seem like he thinks that she's going to fail. But and he that, was just like, oh, I was saying goodbye. Yeah. Am I supposed to leave for work and not say anything? And they were just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a scene somewhere here where... Annie actually goes uh, to Mary and Lucy and says, what did I do wrong? And I think I really, really like that one because it just hit very well. Because I was like, yeah, you... Um. Oh, yeah. Oh, she goes... Oh, oh yeah. It's when they're saying all of this stuff to her about her self-esteem and how she she needs to, like, prove... I think it's after they say that they, she needs to set an example for Ruthie. She's like, where did I go wrong? <laughs> I was like, where did you go wrong indeed, Annie Camden? Poor, like, it's clearly the Camden blood that, like, has messed them all up. And yes. poor Annie, Annie May. <laughs> Annie May Jackson. <laughs> Anyway, Jackson Camden. <laughs> She's just been forced into this horrible situation with these horrible children. Um, well, I guess not all of them are horrible. Um, just most of most them. Most of them are. Uh, they have their moments. Then we get... Um, then we find out... So, so this guy's like... Okay, so the delivery is going to come for you to bake the muffins. And she's like, it's delivery. And he's like, well, you don't expect... Well, I guess she was expecting to be able to use his bakeries to bake the muffins. And he's like, oh, we don't have stuff to make muffins. And I was like, an oven? You don't have it? <laughs> or like a muffin pan? Yeah. Um, so he says that they're going to deliver all of the supplies she needs to the house, and she'll be baking them there. And it's like a 30-day trial period. Um, and she get like, the next thing we get is this montage. <laughs> Um, basically, Annie had to do every single chore on that particular day, including laundry, like cleaning the bathtub, changing, a- changing the um, battery and the smoke detector. Cooking a turkey, uh, doing some handiwork, uh, sewing. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what else she was doing, but it was just a lot of running around the house. And it was done to this, like, weirdly Italian-themed music. And it wasn't, like, sped up. It was sped up, but not enough to be, like, properly sped up, because it still Uh, took... Oh, the montage? Oh, yeah. It was, like, sped up, so so you knew it wasn't actually, like, real time. But it wasn't, like, 
frantic sped up. Like yeah, you, it, usually it, when you see a montage like this, it's supposed to be humorous. They speed it up to like a humorous speed. Like oh my god, she has to do so much. <laughs> but like it, there's one point in the montage where you actually see each piece of clothing she put, pulls in and puts out of the yeah, laundry. Yeah, that goes on like, for. And I have to say, <laughs> this montage went on for so long. I swear it was like two minutes long. No, it just. And it was pointless. It was, because the muffin stuff didn't even get delivered until 4.30 that evening. Like, this was in the morning. She starts freaking out. And at 4... Like, the kids are home from school by the time that this delivery is being made. So I don't know. I guess the point was she got all the stuff done before the muffin supplies came. But, like, why did the muffin supplies get delivered so late in the day? Yeah. So she had to start baking at, like, 5 o'clock. Um, uh, she well, en- so she ends up baking for like twelve. Oh, the, 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 this montage will be posted somewhere. Yes, um, <laughs> somewhere. So she ends up baking. I guess if the supplies come at five o'clock, she ends up baking for twelve hours because the next real moment we have with Annie is her at five in the morning baking cup uh, baking cupcakes baking muffins. Uh, Ruthie comes down. Wants like coffee or something. <laughs> I uh, yeah, it's stupid. But we're like we're getting the message that this is like a couple of days later, and um, and the routine it hasn't is, been going well. Because yeah. the delivery man comes at five, five like five thirty or five o'clock to pick up the muffins that are completed to get them to the bakery before you know business opens. Um, so, but they are selling like hotcakes. He says yes. The delivery man comes back and he's like, okay. Oh, she's asked him not to ring the bell because he comes. And he rings the bell every morning at 5 a.m. and it wakes everybody up. Blah, blah, blah. They take the muffins. I don't know. Um, Then the next scene we get really, I think it's Annie. Wait, no, it's Mary and Lucy being the worst again as a part of this storyline. Well, yeah, it's Friday. It's Friday. This is a Friday. Yes. And um, they've just come home from school. uh, And... They. She, Lucy wants to go to a sleepover. Laura's sleepover. No idea who yeah, Laura is. <laughs> a new best friend. <laughs> um, and Mary wants to do rehab exercises or so, yeah. and also homework. Like, oh, you you don't have to do her homework because it's like Friday. You have the entire weekend. What you're and you're not sleeping over anywhere. No, you're not sleeping at all. Is what Annie says <laughs> because you're going to be baking uh, with Muffins. me until five in the morning. Um, and they they have they're like don't then they have God they're really the worst in this they have and they annoyed me so much they um. Say something like don't you think it would be better if you did this on your own it yeah would make like you to feel make better. you feel independent or whatever and she's like that's like it for annie and she goes off <laughs> and there's a monologue that she does and i really actually appreciate it because she's like you know like this is what makes me happy i chose to be a mother i chose to be like a homemaker um like and actually, I'm doing so many jobs. I'm a bookkeeper. I'm a maid. I'm a dog walker. I'm a handyman. I'm a... I'm a plumber. Yeah. And she, like, lists all these things, and she kind of... She's making the point that it's, like, wrong of them to assume that she doesn't have a job because she does have a job. Um, and I actually really appreciated that because... Go, Annie. Like, stand up for yourself. You do have, like, one of the most important jobs in yes. that house. Feminist self-evidence. Yes. As Self-inflicted <laughs> job household overload. <laughs> as, um... Our IMDb summary so helpfully supplies us with. Yes. Um, but she kind of like goes hysterical at the end because she starts laughing maniacally. Yeah, yeah that kind of wrote yeah. crazy. Wait, what was it? She goes crazy me. Yeah, she goes crazy me. And uh, then the doorbell rings and it's David uh, Friel. It's the cookie, the cookie man. man. And with, she, where, which is when she quits. With Annie's. Yeah, she, she quits and he's like, it's only been like a few days it was supposed to be a 30-day trial um and he gives her her first check and she's like whoa and apparently she made a lot of money because they sold a lot of 
muffins, but she's quitting because job household overload. Uh, and we have Mary and Lucy still not really getting the point. They're like, oh, man, like, mom really, it sucks that mom thinks that that was her job. Like, she really doesn't know what a career is. <laughs> yeah, that was Lucy's line, yeah. I was supposed to say. Um, uh, they're just being horrible. And then, like, Annie comes in, and she's like, you know, I don't, I, I, I didn't say everything when I said that, like, I do these things because I love it. I do these things because I love you guys. And I think we're supposed to get the, the idea that they understand or that they've learned some type of lesson or, I don't know, they feel bad in any way whatsoever. But maybe those actresses didn't get the memo because we don't get that showed across whatsoever. And then, well, and then she lets them know that she quit because, like, she's like, I don't need to... I don't need to have, like, a career to feel good about myself. Like, this is what I want to do. I don't need that to make you proud of me. Yeah. You should be proud of me for whatever. And then... Um, they're like, oh, good, we don't have to make the muffins. And she's like, no, you're going to make the muffins anyway. Uh, because she needs to run an errand with Ruthie, and she also tells them to do the laundry and to make dinner. Yes. Um, and at the end, I guess the last bit we really get is that... Um, they made hot dogs for, for dinner. dinner. And gave, and served potato chips as vegetables. And, yeah. And it's hard being a mother, and they didn't they couldn't do it. Yeah, and apparently Annie would never serve hot dogs for dinner. Uh, or potato chips for vegetables. And well, that's kind of a given. And that's uh, that's that's really it. That's Annie's storyline. And that was one of the main storylines. Yes. So get ready for... Uh, <laughs> I mean, three characters were occupied doing nothing. <laughs> um, so then we have... So uh, as we've said in previous episodes, there's usually a tiny storyline with the kids where... Uh, and by the kids, I mean like Ruthie and Simon. Where and it was too big in this episode. Yeah, where like they do something silly in the background. But this one was like huge. Um, so as our... Uh, one of the reviews that I read said, um, and your you, your the user, user review said that Simon has to sell sweets, um, but he's selling greeting cards to get. Uh, apparently, a comic book is advertising like if you sell a certain amount of greeting cards, uh, you are you can get, get a prod, like you a get small a, toy, a six inch uh, version of a the Tick action figure, uh, the Tick being the beloved um, comic book <laughs> character from New England Comics. Uh, and also from television, uh, he like I think it was a short-lived seri- series on Fox, and it's, it's actually coming back. yeah. Apparently, it's actually coming back. Do you so know who will be playing the Tick. I have no idea. I didn't look that up. But we did learn that one of the Tick's uh, superpowers or character abilities or whatever is drama power, which is just to make any situation more dramatic by being there. Um, and he definitely did not make this show more dramatic. <laughs> I yeah okay. So Simon, uh, as we said in the cold open. The Rev is like, someone needs to tell Simon he can't solicit at church and he's because he's trying to sell his uh, greeting cards. I will keep wanting to say magazines, but um, nobody at church wants them. Uh, I don't know. All I know is he can't sell them. And then somehow Ruthie is talking to Annie, Annie in the work. garden. Yeah, they're gardening. And somehow it comes up that Annie is like, well, you should buy all of... Si- oh, I think it's just because, like, Ruthie, like, wants to help him get t- the toy. No, she says she's better at selling. She oh, says, I, okay. I don't... I, like, Simon can't do it. I, like, I'm better... I was better. paying attention. I, I'm, like, I can do it because I can sell them, but, like, they're not... I can't do it because they're not mine or I don't have that opportunity. And she's like, well, now, yeah, yeah you can. Like, all you need to do is buy the... All, all of them and then sell them for how much you yeah, want and, and you can make a profit. And Simon has ten boxes of cards and... It's $4 a box, so Annie's like, why don't you buy all of them and then sell them for $5 a box, and then you'll have a $10 profit. So 
Um, that's what she does um, when she walks in to tell Simon that she would like to buy all of the boxes of greeting cards. He's trying to Miss, sell to Mrs. Bink. He's, he's on the phone with Mrs. Bink, and yeah. we find out when he hangs up, he goes, Mrs. Bink recycles her greeting cards, <laughs> because of course she does. Uh, crazy she's old just cook. like an old lady crossing out the names of <laughs> whoever gave, like, whoever she gave the card to last, or whoever gave her the card. Of course she, yeah, good thing we didn't have to see her in this episode. It just would have made it so much worse. Um... He's really spe- skeptical. I was about to say spectacle, but skeptical about Ruthie's like powers of persuasion and selling. But she's like, I'm cuter, so I yeah. can do it. Um, but he he's like uh, he she gets he gets convinced because he's going to get his toy. Um, yeah, he doesn't care. He's like, I'll get the money now. So so she buys them, and the rest of the episode is really her being business savvy in that she and because but not, not it's just other people being stupid yeah. she sells to her father she sells a box for five dollars and then she sells oh di- when the cookie man is over yeah she tells him oh, okay i could give you one box for five dollars two boxes for ten no she or, said or, th- oh, yeah. or, or three for twenty and he was like it shouldn't three be shouldn't it be three for fifteen and she's like, I'm trying to make a profit. And he just gives her $20. And then she doesn't even have the box of cards. She's like, okay, I'll give, you, I'll give them to you when I get them. <laughs> but, yeah, they, such a way. People just don't know how to do things. And then later on, she's like, gets off the phone. And Annie's there. And she's like, do you really think it was fair that you sold three boxes each to Grandpa and the Colonel? We don't ever find out how much she sold those boxes for. She says she gives them a discount, which who the hell knows what that means. Yeah, I think in her, like that means she gave them like $30. Four, for, <laughs> four for 50 Yeah. Uh, so she's making money, hustling. Um Every day she's checking the mail for more cards. I don't know. For the cards to be delivered so she could deliver them herself, I think. Oh, okay. So you don't they don't get the cards up front. You have to get the money and then you get the cards. Yeah, this sounds like a scam. It does. It does. Um, also, I've never heard of any like selling greeting cards. I've heard of like selling candy. That makes sense. Or like those things Christmas, that are easy like, to sell. The wrapping paper, like the Christmas wrapping paper or Or like even magazine subscriptions. Yeah, like, yeah. Not greeting cards though. Are mm-hmm. they all different greeting cards? Are they all for birthday? Birthdays, or they offer like one holiday. Who knows? Fourth uh, of July cards. I don't know. Um, well, Simon is getting really upset because he like breaks into Ruthie's uh, piggy bank and realizes that piggy that piggy that Ruthie uh, has made a hundred <laughs> <laughs> has made like a hundred dollars because she's given forty dollars back to and Annie. She has sixty five in her piggy bank. Yeah, she's like I think she has sixty left over. On IMDb, someone tries to call out the math on this, but I, you know, we don't know how much she was selling to the, the other box, yeah. and, and everyone seems like foolish in this show. So I believe that they would have paid like an absurd amount. Uh, so, and so this all kind of. Uh, concludes with the fact, well, the one other fact that you need is that the tick action figure takes four to six weeks to get to Simon, so that's what's making Simon even more upset because he's not seeing the fruits of his labor, although there was no labor on his part. Um, so the errand that we mentioned before in Annie's storyline that she was going to run with Ruthie was Ruthie say, saying she's going to use the money to buy Simon a tick action figure. And uh, it's a full-size one. Yeah, it's, like, massive. Uh, it's way bigger than the six inches that... The tick mat, the, the, the comic book was promising. I just thought of something else when I said six inches. I know. I was, 
But I was like, I don't think it was even that big. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure I read six, but that's okay. fine. I'm not okay. even making that up. Um, um, so it's a heartfelt moment. They hug. He's, she has $10 left over, which is all she wanted. Yeah. The all she was idiot. Um... <laughs> So that's that. And um, it's like the, it's the, I feel like it's the sec, like the second biggest storyline in the show. It is. No, no, it, I don't know. Uh, I think that's, I think this was like the third, this was like the, the, the C story. Yeah, but like, I don't, I mean, if we're thinking about like timing, I think there's more time spent on this than on Matt's storyline. We get very little of oh, Matt. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, okay. So anyway, Matt's storyline. Um, I guess so Matt af- has. Huh? <laughs> We're just talking over each other. Go ahead. Uh, so <laughs> then we have Matt's storyline, and as indicated by um, the user review and the I synopsis, yeah. uh, he is caring for a terminally ill boy. Named Steve. Steve. We do not know what his terminal illness is. It's never been given. We just know that he only has six months to live. And his father does not seem to care very much. Uh, so... I don't know, let's get started because, like we said, he's creepily eating muffins behind the Rev and Steve's father, and then he says he wants to apply for the job, and the Rev is like, no. So then the next time we get him is, um, the Rev is kind of in the living room of the house, the love den, and Matt comes in, and he's like, oh, can I talk to you? And they go into the Rev's home office, and he's like, well, I want to let you know I'm pretty upset with you, um... And he tells him that he got the job. He, he went directly to Steve's parents, and he has the job now. Um, and then the Rev gets pretty pissed. He's Yeah, like, which I feel like is for no good reason. He His reason for getting pissed is because he's been fired from the last six or seven jobs he's had. But I also think we're supposed to get, and I don't really think they did a good job of illustrating this point, we're supposed to get the idea that the Rev doesn't think Matt will be able to handle, uh, like, caring for, like, being around a, a terminally ill child, like, he just thinks it's going to, like, you know, he might get too attached to him, and, like, he's going to die, and he's so young. So that was, like, I think that's kind of what they also were oh, getting yeah. at. No, they, he did say something like... And definitely like, at the end, that's sort of reflected. He did say something like, uh, do you know what it's like, what, what it's like to be around kids like that? Like, uh, he's, he, he's, like, it's tough to be around Steve, is what he says. I thought it was because it was, like... Steve was going to be an asshole. I mean, if I only had six months to live, I wouldn't be nice. <laughs> like, would like, anything really change then? Hey. I didn't know you had six months to live. Um, so that, yeah. So he's like, whatever, I'm going there tonight. And the Rev decides to come with him because he's like, well, let's see how you do. And if it's like, if you think you can pull this off, then I'll let you do it. But if not, then you can back out gracefully. So, um, I didn't even know the first time. Oh, the oh, first, the, so he walks, so then you get the Rev and Matt walking into Steve's hospital room, and, uh, Steve, like, the, the first thing Steve asks him is about the tick. He's like, what do you know about the tick, or something like that? And I guess Matt passes the test, because he's like, oh, you mean somebody's, somebody's some boss? boss or Arthur's boss or Arthur yeah, yeah Arthur's, Arthur's boss and like and then the whole everyone and like Steve's parents are there and the Rev is there and they all smile at each other and it's like <laughs> and oh, now it's a light moment yeah, yeah he has Steve's approval the entire world has changed now um clearly I don't know maybe the writer for this episode was if it was Brenda Hampton got into the tick 
like very briefly and decided to incorporate the tick into all of her writing um, because it's brought up again. Um, we have. Well, I think it, it was just so that it ties into because later on, I think the next scene you get is that Matt is going asking Simon. Um, oh yeah. If he has any um, comic like, books, comic books, and he's. He says that, oh, Steve has all of the Tick comics, but he's into Superman, and then Simon is like, oh, I have all of the newest Superman, so here they are, and then they have, like, a little joke about, like, Matt being old because he didn't know that Superman had a new costume or... Um, there was a new Superman, that's yeah, what it is. Yeah, and uh, then something very strange happens. <laughs> yeah, because... Um, oh, He's yeah. like, oh, well, I'm not so old, like, I'm not as old as Dad, I'm still, like... Faster than a speeding bullet, which is the Superman thing. Oh. And Simon takes that as a, his cue to run away because he starts running away. So Matt chases after him and then <laughs> wrestles him to the ground in the hallway. And we have this very weird, weird angles that they decided to. Yeah, of like. Well, Matt like has like Simon pinned down, and then he's straddling. Yeah. And, like, I think they're supposed to be wrestling, but they're not really moving. And then, yeah, so first we get the ground angle, and then the Rev walks in, and we we get the, uh, like, higher angle. From, like, the Rev's point of view. Looking down at them, and it was just... Uh, I don't know. It didn't look like it was something that I didn't wanted like, to see. It didn't look like wrestling. Nope. Um, nope. So. It just looked like the Rev caught them in a very compromising position. Yeah, and then... <sighs> And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, there will be a screenshot of this, unfortunately, for all of us to relive. In the future. Um, perhaps both angles, maybe just one angle. Uh, and then the Rev, like, looks at him, dis- looks at Matt disapprovingly, and he's like, don't worry, I'm not going to play with Steve like that. Uh, so. More of the Rev just, you know, thinking that Matt's just, like, on the verge of always messing up. Um, then... I think we have another night scene where Matt's like off. So he he gets he gets home from school at like four. He he gets home from school and then he catches Annie and he's like, oh, I'm going to Steve to 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 the hospital to be with Steve because his parents want to go out to dinner and they don't want him to be alone. So I'm giving them the night off, um, and I'm going over there a little bit earlier. Um, so the next thing we have is he is at the hospital. And well, Steve basically um, emotionally manipulates Matt into trying to get Matt to take him outside. He um, he's stuck in the hospital. He hasn't been outside in a really long time, and he makes a point about like how all he really wants is to play baseball. They have like a bit of back and forth where Matt's like, "I can't do that. Um, I'm gonna like you." And he, Your and parents want, want you, you here, here or whatever. You're safe here. And he's like, don't worry, I'll break you down. And then right afterwards, we get a very philosophical conversation. Um, so Steve asks Matt, what does is, what is dying feel like? And Matt has the response of all responses. So we're going to play it for you. I think it's kind of like when you're little and you're sick and your parents take you and they you in their bed and you, and you wake up and you know you're not in your bed but then it just takes a second and you realize where you are and that you're okay I think it's like that so is that what you think it's like 
I'm pretty sure dying hurts. I'm sure there's some sort of hurt in there. Actually, I'm not really looking forward. I think it really depends on the way you die. I'm really looking forward to dying, but I hope it doesn't feel like that. Well, uh, I'm also just a little bit concerned. Is this what Brenda Hampton thinks that dying is like? Because I think she's got, I mean, she's already got a weird view of what living is like. So (laughs) I guess this kind of just fits in line with her... uh, I don't know, her whole from the mental state. <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm assuming the, like, grand picture here is that, like, living is being in your own bed, and then dying, like, when you're, you're dying or your death is, like, being in somebody else's bed or your parents' bed, and after death is being okay with the fact that you're not... In your bed. bed. <laughs> like, so... What and that it'll someone- be okay, like... I don't... What if you just wake up and you're just confused about whose bed you're in? (laughs) What if it's not your parents' bed that you're sleeping in? And does that mean it's not okay? Or what if your parent is Stephen Collins and you wake up... Oh, my God. You might not want to be in your parents' bed. Right. So, like, is your parents' parents' bed, like, a metaphor for heaven? What if you, like, wake up somewhere else? Is that hell? (laughs) What if you wake up and your parents' bed is on fire? Um, Well... Is there purgatory? Is there a purgatory bed? Is the floor the purgatory bed? That's like being halfway, but like you were in the, the top bunk and you're like starting to fall out of it. I think uh, we've I think we've killed we've this joke. It. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's that. Um, oh, um, so I forgot oh, to mention one thing. The stupid joke that Matt makes. Yeah. No. No, when he's like, my dad's gonna come. Oh no, I wasn't gonna say that. I was actually gonna say um, when Matt's like, I can't do that because if I do that, I'm gonna get fired. Um, but it, like, by, uh, because, uh, Steve keeps on asking him to take him outside and Steve goes, what is your reputation more important than my life? Right. And I don't really understand this. That doesn't really make sense either. Yeah. Um, I guess he does break down eventually because. Well, but uh, I feel like the next scene that we have is that he is, well, he tells the rev, okay, so this is when the delivery man comes at 5 a.m. Yeah. And Matt apparently needs no time to get ready for school because he's already dressed and he has his books together. And he's leaving the house at 5 a.m. because he's like, oh, I'm going to go spend some time with Steve this morning. Um, He wakes up at dawn anyway, and I can't get back to sleep after the delivery man comes. So um, then we see him at the hospital, and he pulls one of Steve's doctors aside, and he's like, oh, can you tell me, like, how... I don't know how in what kind of shape he's in. If he's how like, serious how, his condition is. Yeah, um, and the doctor immediately jumps to the conclusion that Matt wants to take him out of the hospital for the day. So we're supposed to believe, or we're told basically to believe that he Steve has tried the act of trying to get him trying something to get somebody to help him leave and be outside with everyone in the hospital already, um, and it looks like Matt's the sucker that falls for it. Um, um, but the doctor does say, he's like, oh, it would be safe for him to go outside. It's not going to make anything worse. Um, but his parents just don't want him to because they think they're kind of, like, preserving what few days he has left, like, get, buying him some more time. Um, but the doctor's like, it's perfectly fine to take to take him out. Well, doesn't um, he say, like, as long as he doesn't do certain things, you'll be fine? Oh, he goes, as long as he doesn't go too crazy or nothing too outrageous. And I thought that was... Pretty ambiguous. So what, that like, can mean any number of things. Yeah. Um, like, physical activity could be what he means if, like, this kid's really that sick. <laughs> like, so, anyway, um, well, the, the doctor kind of gives him, like, the nod. He's like, oh, you have to get his parents' permission, but it's okay by, like, medical standards. So, he's, like, he walks in the room, and Steve is just sitting in a chair looking out the window, 
um, tossing a baseball very in his hand. And he's like, uh, Matt asks him how he feels, and he's like, I feel great. That's what makes it so hard today to be here. Um, and he's like, I just want to hit a baseball again or something. So guess what they do? Yeah, so um, Matt ends up taking him out for the day. Uh, the Rev is pissed off. Well, the next scene we get, I feel like, is uh, that there's a call. The Annie says to, like, the Rev, she's like, they still can't find Steve? And then the Rev is, like, all pissed. And he's like, no, they can't find him. Uh, then he goes to the hospital and he meets well, up with Steve's parents. The Rev has looked at the varsity and at the pool hall for Steve and Matt. And and Steve like, is, like, ten years old. So, like, why would he be at the pool? The point is for for Steve to be outside of, like, outdoors. And why would Matt take him to the pool hall? Yeah, it's like, oh, they went to go see a movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, so, um, but, like, the Rev's really pissed off. Uh, the Rev then runs to the hospital um, sees Steve's parents, and they're like, oh, well, he says, oh, I've been looking at all of, like, Matt's haunts. Uh, I should have thought that they might go somewhere that Steve wants to. Um, and then Steve's parents are like, that baseball camp he went to last year. So then we have a scene of, like, Matt. Well, before, before oh. Right before this, though, uh, before the Rev, like, comes into the hospital, they, um, Steve's parents are like, we shouldn't have trusted that 17-year-old Matt Camden. And they're like, and the doctor's like, you guys need to calm down. He'll be home. Like, he'll be back. Um, and the, his parents are like, well, what would you do if it was your child? And the doc, who's pretty sassy, go like, goes, look, I said I'd let, it, I, I'd let like, if Steve was my son, I'd let him go outside because there's nothing wrong with him going outside. Um, so, yeah, the very last scene of this storyline is um, Matt and Steve playing baseball. Yes. Um, and it starts with... Matt, like, building, like, oh, it's the bottom of the 12th, and blah, 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 and now Steve is up. And he throws the ball, and Steve hits it, and he has an aluminum bat, and it makes the sound of a wooden bat hitting the ball. Um, Come on, sound department. So it seems like Steve didn't really hit the ball. They they couldn't get a kid who could hit the ball. Um, So, and then he hits it, and then Matt runs to, like, the plate, and he puts him in his wheelchair, and he starts rounding the bases with him. And they're, like, halfway between first and second, and they see the cars in the distance. And um, Steve's parents and the Reverend, like, rush out of the car. And they realize, like, of course, like, every parent, like, every, like, tertiary character's parents, they realize the error of their ways and that they were wrong and that, oh, you know, all Steve wants to do is just enjoy his last days. So they're going to take him out of the hospital because there's no, it's not necessary for him to be hospitalized. And he's going to get to live out the rest of his days at home with his parents and probably doing stuff he wants to do. So, and then Matt and the Rev have a little powwow where. And the Rev cries. Yeah, the Rev cries, of course, and they have a hug, and he's like, Oh, you helped him do what he really, really wanted to do. Uh, the Rev has this whole thing about, like, Matt really having a future and, uh, and sit, like, sitting with kids and helping them die. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's basically what he says. I think we're supposed to be getting... So, spoiler alert, Matt eventually becomes a doctor. So this is the beginning um, of him, like... I think this is the beginning, like, because this does lead to... Uh, the, oh, another spoiler alert. He ends. He works like when when he's in high school. He ends up like working. The only job he holds is like at the at, at the hospital, like you know, cleaning bedpans and stuff. So this is like the I guess the lead in to to that. 
Um, I hope Candy that... stripper? Striper? Stri- <laughs> uh, no. Um, no. Literally cleaning shit. Okay. Uh, so... I guess that's like the build to that. Like his his interest has been piqued by dying children. Uh, so well, whatever it takes. That was really this episode. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, um, it was terrible, but we were really hoping something would have happened since you know the, the episode was called "Do Something," but nobody did anything. Yeah. Uh, All that happened was a family made some business. Well, I guess, which, which is, I guess, true. Matt had a job. Ruthie made some money. Simon made some money. Got a doll because Ruthie made, made money. money. Um, <laughs> he really didn't do anything. <laughs> um, Lucy and Mary learned didn't that... Didn't do anything? Learned that... Lurked. <laughs> learned that, they, that being a mother is a job, and, and uh, Annie had, like, a brief business adventure. But she doesn't need it. So, uh... That's it. Oh, what's our ratings? Oh, God, two out of five? Yeah. I, well, I, I kind of want to give it a one. one. Yeah. Because if this isn't a one, I don't know what is. This is a one. I'm giving this a one. This is a one out of five. This is a one out of five. One this out is, of five. This is a... The, the full Lucy. The full Lucy. I'm just writing the full Lucy down. <laughs> um, yeah, so tune in on Saturday for what is hopefully... A better, a better episode. episode. Um, do all the things in the meantime. Please follow us on Twitter, uh, at Camdencast Show. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Camdencast. And obviously subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Um, so you can get, you know, your twice a week update. Right to your phone. You don't even have to do anything. You just be there. Yeah, you'll just look at your phone and maybe you're commuting to work or coming back from class or just laying in bed. And we'll what be there. A, yeah. Alright. Um, this. I'm Aaron. And this was Danby, and this was Camden Cast. Bye.